baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Welcome in. Mark Cox here along with Bo Matthews and producer Carl Middleman. Hello. And we are, uh, wow, uh, middle of November already. I can't believe it. Coming into the second weekend of deer season, Bo Matthews. And how has that been going for you? Well, let me, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I, uh, I pulled out of my driveway at about 4 a.m. last Saturday morning. Got halfway down my street and something caught my eye. And I looked to my Ooh. left, I rolled my window down, and it was about a 10-point buck standing on my neighbor's sidewalk. I rolled the window down, and he just looked at me. And I got my phone out, and I snapped a picture of him, because that's the last deer I saw that day. Oh, no. You need to live in a different neighborhood. Or get into archery so it's silent. Maybe you could do that. Maybe, but, but all Maybe. I'm telling you is I went, I crawled out in the woods, sat there in 30 degree weather for four hours, and all I saw was a turkey. Now, my nephew, one of my nephews got two deer that day, and my youngest nephew got his very first deer, so I was very proud of him. Hold on, didn't didn't we didn't we just get a report that 90,000 deer were taken down and Mark Cox didn't get none of them? Nothing. So, so I'm hanging my hat on this this weekend. I'll I'll be trying again. Yes. Wow. Well, I wish you a, a ton of luck. I'll tell you, I had a good report from my, my granddaughter in Texas. She just turned 16 over the summer. She's been in the deer stand more than she's been allowed to drive. I don't know why. That's awesome. But she she took down a deer. Of course, the you know my phone's blowing up. I've got pictures, and uh, and so I figured, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just. I told her. I said, Jasmine, I want to hear your story. And so I called her, and she goes, I'm still in the deer stand. I said, well, call me when you get home. And and so so she did. So I wanted to find out. And I saw pictures of them dressing it out. And, you know, it, it, it's just hilarious. So what I did, of course, I took my phone. I went into my studio, and I started to record the conversation. So if you don't mind, I don't want to squash your you know your deer story. There's deer. no deer story to squash. <laughs> we're not. We're not going to call you big deer. I guess <laughs> you're sticking with big fish and big bird. How about that? Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> so, so here is uh, and my my granddaughter doesn't even know that I did this. She doesn't know where I recorded this. So she's going to be listening on the Odyssey app out of Crockett, Texas, uh, when when she hears this for the first time. So this is the call. Hello. How you doing, Jasmine? I'm doing amazing. Amazing? How about you? I'm doing amazing because I've got you on the phone. <laughs> so what day did you uh, take down that first deer? Last night. About what time? Uh, around 5.20, 5.30. It dropped in its tracks. Yeah, tell, tell me what was going on. Had you not seen anything for most of the time you were out there? Yeah, it was like almost two and a half hours before... I saw anything. I usually look behind me 
because I always hear noises and stuff like that. Right. I happen to just see two deer, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? <laughs> so I turn around, and I had another chair right next to me. There was one deer, the big one that I shot. It was, like, facing where I can see its side. I went my gun at it. I waited, like, five seconds to, like, process everything and, yeah. like, calm myself down because I was like, was your and, heart was your heart racing? Uh, yeah, kind of a little bit. And you had to kind of catch your breath. Yeah. And about how far away do you think it was? <laughs> 30, 40 feet in front of me. Oh, really close. And maybe a little further. I pointed right at its shoulder, and I pulled the trigger. And right as I moved my head, the second after I pulled it, it was already on the ground. The second deer had already almost ran away. So it dropped where you shot it. Yes. That's a perfect shot. It really was. Wow. That's exciting. I I, I was like shaking. Like before it, I wasn't, I was calm mostly, but like after that, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that just happened. <laughs> that just happened. Now, had you been, had you been like doing target practicing? So you knew, you knew where to shoot. You knew, you knew to shoot right behind its shoulder, right? Yes. I have been practicing with my uncle. Have you been practicing like on a, on a, like a uh, fake deer, like a deer mannequin kind of thing? No, it's just been a circle target. Oh, wow. But you had heard, you had heard plenty of times you got to shoot right behind the shoulder. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Do you like the time that you're up in the, uh, in the, in the deer stand? Yeah. Cause it gives me like time to settle in and I just, look out and watch so after you dropped the deer then what happened okay right after i shot it my phone was blowing up colton was texting me Cade was texting me dad was texting me (laughs) um but colton told me to like sit and wait see if there was any more coming right but dad had already turned on the side by side and everything i was going to come over there so you helped him load it in the back of the side by side yeah and then I skinned it. All last night you did this? Yeah. And you'd never done that before? Nope. (laughs) So did you have good instruction? Yeah, Colton and my dad's friend uh, helped me do it. And what what is your firearm? Uh, 243. Well, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. So what what kind of rituals did uh, your fellow hunters tell you you had to do? Did you have to bite into the heart or anything like that? Any crazy stuff? Well, Jillian said I had to put blood on my face, and Colton ended up doing that. And then they kept telling me I had to bite into the liver, and Ooh, I didn't. You didn't do that, did you? No. No, don't listen to them crazy not, boys. I was not fixing to do that. <laughs> I felt something dripping, and I didn't know what it was. I thought it was blood, but I didn't know until I got into the bathroom. It was right down my nose. <laughs> Oof, this is a first of many to come. I know, it's crazy. Well, that's cool you enjoy it. And uh, taking in God's country, just sitting up there in your mind, doing some good thinking, I'm hoping. Yeah. And just waiting on it. Mm-hmm. Has anybody else in the family gotten a deer? I don't think so. Well, I did FaceTime uh, with your mom earlier, and uh, you have good sisters. They were They were processing the deer from yesterday for you. Oh, yeah. I helped a little bit before I went out hunting. Yeah, your job's to go hunt. Their job's to get it all packaged <laughs> up, right? 
I guess. <laughs> well, Jasmine, congratulations. This is a highlight of many to come, I'm sure. Thank you. All right. Love you, sweetie. All right. Love you. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, buddy. All right, you got, you're going to have to uh, come back with a great story next weekend for us to hear. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. But congratulations <laughs> to Jasmine. What what a great story. That's fantastic. She can't, and she couldn't <laughs> wait to get back to the deer stand. It's awesome. I'll bet. All right, l- bet. let's talk about your raffle, buddy. Yeah, you know what? If, you, if you're a hunter, if you like alcohol, tobacco, or firearms, this raffle is, is something you're going to want to take part in. Um, it is for Responder Rescue. They have the backs of our first responders. All the money goes to them. All you have to do is text the word responder to 33100, one zero zero and you'll get a link and you can do it right on your mobile device buy your tickets i've got a, a cmmg mark four uh that's a 5.56 rifle that's been donated by the range st louis west you can win that and the hollow sun optic that goes on it i've got a basket of bourbon with probably two thousand dollars plus worth of bourbon in their bow it's going to be fantastic yeah, that's one of the winners lit cigar lounge uh, they gave me they donated a bunch of cigars and they donated a, a night in their vip lounge you can win that so there'll be three winners we'll pick them next wednesday the 22nd at about 2 30 in the afternoon and i'll do it live on my facebook page so please it's gonna be fantastic get your tickets while you can buy them early and often absolutely hey coming up next we're going to talk to aiden johnson from gun owners of america a couple of big court decisions you need to know about if you love the second amendment we'll be back Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Uh, we uh, thank our sponsors, our great sponsors like Razorback Armory. They're the uh, sponsor of this segment. Razorback Armory is uh, going to be loaded down for Black Friday shopping. And uh, so if you have a, a person you're shopping for that supports the Second Amendment, maybe as a gun collector, uh, gift certificates are a great idea. Check out RazorbackArmory.com. They're on Manchester, just east of 270. Tell them both sent you into Razorback Armory. All right, on the Missouri Brush Control guest line, Aiden Johnson is back from Gun Owners of America. Welcome back to the show, sir. How are you? we got a lot to talk about. I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, buddy. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of things we want to talk to you about. Um, uh, there's a there's a huge court case that uh, was taken over. The ATF is backing down on license revocation for North Dakota gun stores who had filed the suit. You want to start there? Yeah, well, we've been fighting on uh, against the Biden administration's so-called zero tolerance policy, where they take one paperwork mistake that a gun store makes. They forget to dot an I or cross a T on a 4473 or other form, and they revoke their license, no questions asked. And it just destroys businesses. It's a weaponization of 
regulations against gun stores. And so Gun Owners of America filed a lawsuit. Um, when the ATF tried to zero tolerance one of our plaintiffs in another lawsuit against the ATF. And as soon as we filed that lawsuit, the ATF said, hey, uh, you know, maybe the tiny little mistake you made wasn't really worth revoking your license (laughs) because they don't want to go to court because they know that this policy has found nowhere in statute. They don't actually have the authority to give zero tolerance revocations like that. Isn't that something, you know, you fill out a form 4473, and I don't know if you're a drug addict and you lie on there about it, you might get away with it if you're Hunter Biden almost. (laughs) Uh, But if if the store makes a simple mistake... A paperwork mistake, one mistake out of thousands that they must do on a weekly or monthly basis, they risk losing their license over it. I mean, that is an unbelievable amount of government interference in our lives. You're absolutely right. And in the case of our gun store, the mistake that they made involved no actual bad guy getting their hands on a firearm. So it wasn't dangerous. No one was hurt. And instead, they just wanted to revoke our license. And in fact, the ATF agent who showed up to do the inspection and then later issued the revocation, he said that back at the office, they had a conversation over whether or not it would appear political if they did the investigation. They thought about waiting until our our previous lawsuit was over, but they went ahead and did the investigation and zero tolerance them over something totally uh, mundane and and non-dangerous anyway. Do we have an idea of what what the uh, what the grammatical uh, uh, screw up was on the on the part of the gun stores? Uh, is it something that was you know huge, or uh, do we have any idea? Well, the, we leaked the criteria. Someone in the ATF gave us a copy of the ATF's actual zero tolerance manual, and the the list of things includes making false information as as one of the bullet points, but. Making false information includes uh, writing an L instead of a T, right? You forgot to cross it or, um, you know, forgetting to to write a number in a serial number on total accident because you're filling out your hundredth gun that you sold, you know, today and uh, you left off one of the zeros. So these are the kinds of mistakes that that can get your license revoked. They're very simple. They're just paperwork. And you weren't actually trying to to you know write the wrong serial number but they're classifying it as willful and they're saying you willfully violated the law willfully wrote misinformation in order to justify that zero tolerance policy mm. well you know uh, it, it's not a surprise they, they they've been bold about it in fact and and what we've seen with this administration uh aiden we're talking to aiden johnson from gun owners of america is a they, they tend to want to reinterpret the rules to fit their agenda we know that and and that you know this maybe maybe this pistol brace story is is a good example of that a court has finally smacked them down on it uh but but for how long i mean it's temporary at this point right right so the you're right biden is just taking whatever laws he thinks uh can be weaponized and he is weaponizing them so okay we can revoke gun store licenses let's do it as many times as we can i don't like ar-15s let's ban millions of them by revoking approval for something called a stabilizing brace and saying if you put one on your gun then we're going to put you in jail for 10 years uh, in, in a federal prison so he did the what we call the biden pistol ban and he banned those stabilizing braces we filed a lawsuit, a bunch of other people filed lawsuits, and the courts only gave us and our members injunctions. And we were really upset about that 
But finally, a judge in Texas has issued a nationwide injunction. So even if you weren't a Gun Owners of America member, now you are protected from the Biden administration coming after you for having that pistol brace that you bought years ago that he then criminalized. It's not it's not done. Uh, that still that case has to pend through the court. The ATF still gets to appeal that decision. And you're not safe forever. But at least while the case is pending, you're safe. Back uh, under the Trump administration, when he did a ban on bump stocks, that's just getting to the Supreme Court. Now it's been years. And if you yeah. owned yours between now and when it got to the Supreme and when Trump banned them, you've actually been in a position to be put in federal prison for 10 years. Wow. Based on your possession of that item. So it's really important that the courts issue these kinds of injunctions just so we can sort these things out and people don't start going to jail for something that in the end will get overturned. Well, and Aiden, um, you know, my question is right after that news broke about the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals last month, uh, founding that the rule violated the Administrative uh, Procedures Act, uh, I, all of a sudden, maybe because my algorithms, I'm searching for gun stuff and accessories and stuff like that. All of a sudden, I start getting emails about, you know, hey, we're having a huge sale. <laughs> so talk to those people that uh, that maybe went in and, and, and bought one of those things. Are, are they safe? Yeah, so for right now, you are safe, and the ATF cannot come after you. So, they, uh, like you said, as soon as the court issued that nationwide injunction, a bunch of gun stores said, hey, we still have these pistol-braced AR-15s and uh, pistol-braced whatever in inventory. We're trying to sell them. So, you know, they started doing sales, and, and people were purchasing them. You're fine as long as that injunction is uh, in effect. But, I mean, literally... Right now, there could be a tweet online where someone has shared a new court ruling that invalidates that. So at any moment, that could get revoked by an uh, uh, appeals court or by the Supreme Court. And you have to be paying attention to what's going on in the legal world if you're going to dabble in buying a pistol brace or having a pistol brace on your firearm right now. Although I will say there's a nationwide injunction. There's an injunction for gun owners of America and our members. There's several other injunctions out there. So you should be good for the time being, but definitely do not uh, do not stop paying attention to what's going on and be careful when you go out in public with a firearm like that. If you're going to go shoot at the range, check and make sure that, you know, that injunction is still standing. Right. But but it is. Yeah. And and, um, you know, this is it is going to go to the Supreme Court at some point, we believe. Right. I, I hope that the Supreme Court will actually take up cases like this and, and give us a ruling so that everyone knows whether or not the ATF is supposed to be able to ban tens of millions of uh, firearms with a rule change. My opinion, clearly the Second Amendment says that, that they're not able to do that. But the fact that in some states or, or for a while, and some people who just weren't gun owners of America members could go to jail for owning a pistol brace. But if wow. you paid us a membership due that, you know, your next door neighbor was allowed to own a pistol brace, that's outrageous. The fact that maybe in when the Supreme Court rules before this next June, you'll be able to own a bump stock after that. But for all these years, you weren't able to own a bump stock. But then before Trump, you also were able to own a bump stock. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It puts good people in jeopardy. These are not criminals. These are not these are law abiding citizens. They're just trying to follow the law, but the law is being applied inconsistently and because of these court rulings and because of these massive changes by ATF, which we've got to prevent in the future.
Aiden Johnson's our guest from Gun Owners of America. Just to elaborate a little bit more on that, how would the ATF know who who owns one of those? Could they subpoena the records of these companies that sell these items? Well, that's that's a, a very scary question to ask because I do believe that they could come up with a list of millions of people who own these things right now if they wanted to. We have seen uh, other items that the ATF has uh, said are banned uh via a forced reset trigger or a solvent trap, uh, these these things that have recently been banned. And the ATF has gone and has subpoenaed those records from those companies and then has knocked on people's doors. Now, they don't actually know if you threw it away or you destroyed it or if it's sitting in your closet. And so they haven't got warrants to go search these people's homes. But if you were to take it to the range, if you were to talk about it on Twitter, if you were sure. to post a picture of it... Um, you know, you could get in trouble. So you have to be following these laws yeah. or, or complying with what the ATF says, or they want, like Biden wants to throw you in a federal prison. So you have to be extremely careful if you own a pistol brace and you bought it with a credit card uh, and or, or, you know, you bought a firearm that was labeled as a pistol. There's a form 4473. There's a, a, a gun registration form that either the gun store has or if your gun store went out of business, the ATF has it in a digital database, and they can just look up who owns a pistol AR-15, and with a, a good amount of certainty, know you put a pistol brace on that. Wow! Right, right. Wow! That's uh, that's that. It's frightening, but it's, it's another good reminder why people need to to join Gun Owners of America. I mean, whether this temporary restraining order has been put in effect nationwide or not, you guys are always fighting the good fight, and I, I hope people will support you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we appreciate it. We wouldn't be able to do the kind of work that we do in the courts or in Washington, D.C. and Congress without the support of our members. So if there are any members listening, I'm so grateful that you allow you know me to do the work that we're able to do. But um, definitely you've got to be in the fight. If you're a gun owner, you own a pistol brace and, and you don't know any of this or you're not a member of at least some local or, or federal group, like you've got to be in the fight because Biden is bringing the fight to you. You know, I, I, I uh, go, go ahead, Bo. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, by, for the record, uh, sarcastically, my favorite post of Twitter on Twitter or Facebook is when somebody posts their fire and go, this is my new concealed carry. And it's like, oh, gosh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not Idiot. concealed anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Not concealed from this moment forward. Uh, speaking of the the Biden administration uh, and what they've attempted to do, the ATF, which which they've attempted to do in the Department of Education, and I mean all across the board, trying to do things by executive fiat, they, they also want to ban the sale of private guns. Now, my question for you, Aiden, is: Is this something? that they're going to attempt to do through pressure through the ATF, or are they going to actually have to get legislation through Congress in order to try to stop private gun sales, correct? Well, they they need to pass a new law in order to have any claim of authority in order to ban the private sale of firearms. But that is, of course, not stopping Biden. It's, of course, not stopping the ATF. And they have instituted a rule or or rather proposed a rule that will go into effect sometime in the near future to ban the private sale of firearms. And this is unfortunately an I told you so moment for Gunners of America to Congress, because last summer, everyone might remember that 
the the Congress compromised on the Second Amendment. They passed the biggest gun control bill in decades. It was called the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. And they changed the definition of what it means to be a gun dealer. We told Congress, do not change that definition. It's perfectly fine as is. And they're going to weaponize it for backdoor universal background checks. And everyone said, you're crazy. You're fear mongering. What are you talking about? Well, here we are. It's 2023. And Biden is in his uh, press conference, said, I'm moving the United States as close to universal background checks without the passage of a new law. And that's this proposed rule. And in the rulemaking, ATF was unable to rule out the possibility that you might need a gun dealer license to transfer a single firearm to one of your family members. They weren't able to promise that that didn't require a federal license for you to get fingerprinted, for you to keep registration records of all your firearms, and for you to run a background check before selling or giving a firearm to a family member. Mm. That's outrageous. That is not what the new law said, but that is absolutely how it's been weaponized. And so right now you have until the early December to comment, to participate in that proposed rulemaking and give your public comment to ATF and say no and, and I'm opposed to that rule. Yep. Uh, Aiden Johnson, listen, we appreciate your time. I'll direct people to gunowners.org to find out all of this important information. It just makes your vote in uh, November of 2024 that much more important. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for having me on. It was great, guys. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Yeah, good. Yep, good, good stuff. St- yeah. Hey, coming up, by the way, um, j- when I say the words PBR to you, what does that mean, Bo Matthews? Paps Blue well, Ribbon? Well, I grew up in Minnesota, so we're talking Paps Blue Ribbon, <laughs> but I'm a country boy, so I know what it is. Yes, you do. Pro Bull Riding. It's coming to uh, the greater St. Louis area. We're going to talk to one of the up-and-coming stars, one of Missouri's own, when we come back on Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. And Carl Middleman had to fill me in on what that song was. Bulls on Parade. By Rage Against the Machine. Okay, all right. Sorry about that. Not caught up on my music from 20 years ago. uh, So sorry about that. (laughs) Hey, glad you're with us, though. Speaking of bulls, man alive. I've been to several rodeos. I've been to the uh, professional bull riding down at Enterprise before, and that is a sport that I just could not imagine doing myself. How about you, Bo Matthews? I'm too big. Well, I'm too big for a bull ride, and I know that. <laughs> I'm too top-heavy. The bull might appreciate if you didn't climb on its back, Bo. <laughs> yeah, I'm just truth. saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. But we do have Missouri's own Colton Hevelau on the phone right now, who is one of the up-and-coming stars of professional bull riding and happens to be from Smithville, Missouri, which is over near Kansas City. Colton, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great, great having you on here, young man. And you know, I'll tell people uh, we we were we looked up your bio here a little while ago. Uh, you are what twenty years old? Yes, sir. 
Well, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this uh, growing up in Smithville and what brought you to where you are now. Um, my dad rode bulls in Bronx professionally for 11 or 12 years, and uh, my mom grew up rodeoing when she was in school and high school, and uh, she professionally rodeoed for a few years, and then then I came into the world, and uh, I just grew up in that lifestyle. Mom and dad, that's just all they ever knew, and uh, that's all I ever knew, and that's all I ever wanted to do. So how old were you, uh, uh, Colton? How old were you the first time you got on, got on any kind of uh, animal? Um, my first sheep I ever got on, I was three going on four. <laughs> wow, that's um, awesome. <laughs> I've been riding horses and stuff before I could ever walk. That That's, that's fantastic. It, it that's really so is. cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, so so now tell us exactly where Smithville is for people that aren't familiar with it. Um, if you're in Kansas City, go north of there about 35, 40 minutes. Okay. Um, I'm actually closer to St. Joe right. than I am Kansas City. But uh, the closest way for me to explain it for everybody <laughs> is I'm about 10 minutes from MCI Airport, or as or as much so as Kansas City Airport. Okay. There. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that, I, and I'm I'm sure that this happens around uh, a little more often than I think here over in the St. Louis side, but I'm just not tuned into it. I'm guessing. So is is our local rodeos and everything a, a much bigger deal out there? Um, I don't necessarily know how to answer that question. Um. You know, they used to have the bull riding in Kansas City, and now, you know, PBR has a team series. When the teams was in uh, Kansas City, it was a huge, huge thing over in Kansas City when uh, when the PBR came to town, and uh, the crowd was so strong. And I've been to St. Louis twice now riding in the PBR, and – St. Louis was, if not equivalent to Kansas City. So, especially for a Missouri bull rider, they get pretty loud and rowdy for us. So it's pretty <laughs> We're rooting you on, man. That's what we're doing. Let me just uh, let me just put some uh, street cred out there for you from your resume. Missouri High School Rodeo Bull Riding Champion of 2018 and Colton, uh, who earned a full scholarship to compete for the Odessa College Rodeo Team, made his PBR debut just in February of last year um, in commanding form, going a perfect three for three to win the Velocity Tour event in Youngstown, Ohio. Um, you know, it was years ago that I heard the statement that rodeo is the most, uh, most spectated sport on the planet. Does that still hold true to you? Do you think? I, I under, I completely agree with that. Uh, people, people show up to watch, watch people do something that not an average. (laughs) That's crazy. Would do. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The, the best way I can explain rodeo is, uh, or bull riding in general, is 
controlling an out of control situation. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a that's a good way of looking at it. I mean, honestly, um uh you know, I so so maybe because obviously you've been doing this for a long time. Uh you won the high school rodeo bull riding championship in 2018. Can you think back to the first your very first time having to sit on a angry bull and ride it out of a chute and what that was like? My uh so my first ever big bull because i grew up you know riding sheep and calves and stuff my first ever big bull um i will admit i was a little nervous you know i was 12 getting on my first big bull and that bull having a resume he's he's older but uh had a resume in the pbr and the and it it made me nervous you know that that's the bulls you always wanted to get on and you're you're thinking through your head uh all the things that could possibly go wrong at that time you know <laughs> yeah. but uh but at the same time there's like a like a zone you go into when you get on the back of a, of a bull's back you're kind of it's like it all just disappears and goes away so all the nerves well, and scared whatever you want to call it beforehand this all disappears and you forget about it all well, Colton is uh, going to be at the PBR Unleash the Beast event in St. Louis early December. Get your tickets while you can. Uh, just before we got you on the Missouri Brush Control guest line here, Colton, I got to tell you, Mark said, uh, you know, he's a smaller stature guy. Have you ever rode bulls? And I'm like, I'm too big. It's a physics thing, isn't it? It's it's not necessarily a physics thing. Uh, being being a smaller guy definitely helps in bull riding, but. Uh, the the best thing I can tell you is it's it's not just strength, it's not just balance. It is it's everything combined into one. You you can take balance, strength, your mental side of it, everything that you could possibly think of with human instinct. It, Who's the biggest bull rider you know as far as height goes? Um, the tallest bull rider. I've ever known would probably been six three, six four. Okay. Whoa. Uh, okay. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. There, I know as like there's some some people that uh that ride bulls that are if not bigger, like taller wise or weight wise. But myself, I'm not a very big guy. Well, I mean, I, I, I tell you what, you got more guts than most of us, young man. I, I'm uh, I, I've watched this. Uh, I was in Montana this summer watching a local rodeo up there. They got guys climbing on bulls there that are probably just weekenders, right? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what you do Monday through Friday, but if one of those bulls steps on you, that's over with. Yeah, there there's guys that just do it on the weekends. I, I don't I don't like to pick on people, you know. Per se, because you know the minute you go to start saying something about somebody, they prove you wrong. Yeah, that's right. But there's some people that work a in nine to five during Monday through Friday and decide to go 
play cowboy on the weekends and it, it don't work out so well. Well, you know what, Colton, you bring up a really good point. People playing cowboy. So the advent of Yellowstone and the four sixes and all these shows, the one thing I love about the PBR uh, bull riders is that you guys will meet any fan that wants to meet you. You guys have different events leading up to uh, the actual event, uh, but you guys are so open. You're so willing to get pictures with people. Do you feel that some of those, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, drugstore cowboys, you know, the Yellowstone fans, do you think that is filling in the seats too, the excitement, all that? Oh, most most definitely, you know. <laughs> we we go to town and uh, go to buy a cowboy hat or something, and the price goes up more. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, like when I was in high school going – I couldn't go to PBR because I wasn't 18. I was younger than that. I could only go to amateur rodeos and stuff that my parents would let me go to or that they had let me, let me enter. And uh, we, you know, you took a guy that wasn't very serious and you took a guy like myself that was. My dad always told me that's what you call added money. So uh, <laughs> yep. the guys that show up on the weekends, they, they filled my pockets more than anything. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's just one more entry fee there, son. That's it's a, like a seat filler. <laughs> that's a beautiful way to look at that. So uh, we're, we're talking uh, uh, here to Colton Havilo. He's going to be here in St. Louis December 2nd and 3rd at the Enterprise Center. Our own Carl Middleman is going to be running the, uh, the lights. Is that right, Carl? The, the LEDs. I'll have Colton's name up in lights. Oh, nice. Nice. That must be a good feeling to walk into a big arena like that, Colton. And is that like a dream come true for you? It's a it's a big dream come true. It's where I've always wanted to be since I was super little. And now that you're at the the highest level of bull riding, <clears throat> there ain't no other place I'd rather be. That's great. And you know what, Colton, you're you're a young guy, but uh, even before your time, there was a shift in the bull riding business or the rodeo business where they. They really made it into more like a a, a, a wrestling WWE kind of event, yeah. and the loud rock and roll music and the pyrotechnics. You do all that stuff. Do you think those pyrotechnics fire up those bill those bulls <laughs> even more? Actually, believe it or not, uh, sometimes I feel like they do, and other times I feel like it scares them. I've seen I've seen some bulls where they don't they just freak out. They don't <laughs> know what to do. Wow. And if right. I could just go in the freeze mode, some of them other bulls have been around a, a while or they simply just don't care. They, they're they there to do a job and buck us off. And, you know, they're like a human. They all got their different different feelings in a, in a heartbeat. So they, they can definitely think differently and feel differently toward so, anything. So, Colton, it's called Unleash the Beast. What, what's the average weight of these beasts that you're crawling on again? They're from 1,500 pounds to 2,000 pounds, if not bigger. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I got a lot, lot of respect for you there, young man. I'll just have to tell you that. Thank you. And, Colton, you're in the running for the uh, world championship. Is that a reality for this year? That that is a reality for this year. It's a it's been a reality every year for every single guy on the Good for you, the man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're gonna try and get those Yellowstone fans and those nineteen uh, ninety nineteen twenty three and eighteen eighty three fans out there for you. Because uh, if you've never been to a PBR, unleash the beast is the best way to do it. So good luck to you, my friend. 
Thank you. Yep, Colton, pleasure having you on. Thank you, and best of luck. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Missouri's own uh, Colton Havelow there uh, d- trying to win the championship. How about that? At the young age of 20. That is a Amazing. brave young man. Yep, yep. He, he, said, uh, he even said that there aren't many people willing to do what we, what what I do. <laughs> I, have you ever ridden a mechanical bull? Have you ever done that? I, years ago, uh, years when ago when I when man. I was lighter and a much younger man, we I worked in an amusement park and um, and they had one there. And after hours, we could people could pay to do it during the during the business day, and then after sure. hours, we'd just go back and spend a couple hours trying what to ride. What setting thing. did you put it on? I, I had no <laughs> hurricane or something. I, I they had different settings like hurricane or thunderstorm or something like that. And um, I don't. I just Light remember drizzle. being. I, I just remember being thrown <laughs> off every time. So that's that's Dude. what I, my memory of it. It's still a thing, though. It's still a thing. You can go down to the PBR uh, <laughs> yeah. down down at Ballpark Village and still ride them things. Oof. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Fun. Okay. That's going to do it for us again, December 2nd and 3rd over at Enterprise. If you want to get tickets to the PBR. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. T- yeah, and speaking of tickets uh, for your uh, for your big fundraiser, this is the big push right now because yes. you're going to be doing the drawing on Wednesday. I appreciate that. If you want to get in on the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms raffle for Responder Rescue, all the money goes to Responder Rescue. Text the word RESPONDER to 33100. That's RESPONDER to 33100. You can buy your tickets there. I will be picking a winner on November 22nd at 2.30 in the afternoon live on my Facebook page. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. See you, boys. See you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.